Revelation chapter 12, verse number 9 says, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. And the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Y'all feel that right now? And they overcame him by the blood of of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that, is t- that he hath but a short time. John chapter 19, verse number 30. And when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head, and he gave up the ghost. All that stuff that I read to you in Revelation chapter 12 about the, the enemy has come down, he's great wrath, he knows his time is short, the accuser of the brethren, all that stuff, in my opinion, happened after verse number 30 that's on the board right now. But when Jesus hung his head, it was finished. They, I'm going to let you be seated in just a second, but they, they have this saying in basketball, Brother Josh, when, uh, when, the, when the game's close, you're getting down to the end and the clock is winding down and somebody hits a three and the game might not be over on the clock, but they call it a dagger. And everybody knows at that point, there might still be time on the clock, But the game is over. And when Jesus said it was finished, there was still some stuff going to play out. And we're still in the middle of it. But it was a dagger to the whole world and to the enemy of our soul to know it is finished. I want to preach for a little while this morning on total victory. Will you lift your hands for a moment and ask the Lord to talk to you today? Father, I love you so much. Thank you for an opportunity to be in your presence. I thank you, O oh God, for what we have felt, what we feel right now, and I thank you for what you are going to do in the next few minutes. I pray today, God, that you will anoint me and cause me to speak exactly what you want spoken. Open every one of our ears that we might hear what the Spirit would say to us. Have your way, O oh God, in the name of the Lord Jesus God, let me speak only what you want to speak, nothing more and nothing less, and we will thank you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Will you clap your hands one more time unto the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated. Thank you for standing for such an extended period of time. There can be no doubt that we are hastily approaching the end of this dispensation of time. We are in the last of the end times. Surely, Sister Rachel back there, was she able to make it today? Oh, there she is, Sister Rachel. She's told us many times, surely the Lord, it's not that He's coming, but He is on His way. 
Second Timothy says this, Know this, in the last days perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heavy, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, and having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. And then he says, from such, turn away. I think if we would uh, de- break down that list of, of dis- or that description that Paul says is going to be in the last days, I think we could all agree that we're living in that time. Men being lovers of their own selves, covetous, proud, blasphemers. He says in another place that in the end time, evil men shall, and seducers shall wax or become worse and worse. Jesus predicted these times when he said, For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. Could you imagine three years ago that uh, we, would, we would have experienced what we experienced in 2020? That our entire global system could be shut down in a moment's time because of a disease or what Jesus, the word that's used here is pestilence. Surely we are in the last days. And then he followed that statement with this. He said, all these are the beginning of sorrows. Um, I, I don't want to paint a negative picture this morning. And I hope before we get out of here, you understand that this is not a negative message. Um, but he said, that's just going to be the beginning. It is going to get worse. Can I just stand here for a moment and say this? It is going to get worse for a little while. But in a little while, it's going to get better for a long time. It's going to get worse for a little while. But in a little while, it's going to get better for a long time. Amen. And so, so if we can read the Scripture and understand that the time is drawing near, surely... The enemy of our soul can read the scripture as well and have understanding that his time is short. The writer in Revelation let us know that he has come down having great wrath because he knows that his time is short. If we know the time is short, surely his time is short and he knows it. And he's going to intensify his work in the earth. Just like the apostle said, things would get worse and worse. The accuser of the brethren, Satan, the devil, the dragon, that old serpent, Beelzebub, Lucifer, the prince and power of the air, the god of this world, and I'm sure you could come up with some other names for him yourself. That was a joke. I'm sure you could come up with some other names for him as well. The enemy of your soul is going to fight you harder and harder as time grows shorter. He is going to attack in different ways. If you think society, how many can sort of agree here today that society seems to be in a downward spiral? Uh, It seems like the situation in our society is getting worse and worse. Well, he's going to continue to get worse and worse. But 2,000 years ago, Jesus hung on a cross and uttered these words, It is finished. So he can try all he wants. 
He can put up all the fight that he wants. He can try to cause all the chaos that he wants in your home, in your family, in your health, in your mind, in this church. where He can try all he wants, but I've got a message today. It is finished. How is it finished? And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their, t- of their testimony. We've come here on Resurrection Sunday and I've come here to proclaim to you on Resurrection Sunday that when the Lamb was slain for us, there was blood that was shed that is able to overcome every situation, every problem in your life, every distraction, every enemy. There was blood that was shed and we are more than overcomers through the blood. Somebody shout, through the blood. Amen. The word overcome, it means to subdue or conquer. It means to sweep the field. We could say it this way, mop up the floor with. To destroy. That is what the word says they did by the power of the blood. They were not just survivors. They were conquerors through the blood. God does not want you to just be a survivor. God does not want you to just hang on till the end and just barely make it to the rapture. We are conquerors through Jesus Christ. We are conquerors through His blood. It's through the blood. Somebody shout, it's through the blood. Brother Josh already, he preached about it a little bit. Uh, He preached about the power of prayer, but I want to talk to you about the power of the blood and that we are to have total victory. I want to talk to you about what total victory looks like a little bit. There's the story, Brother Josh, we did not get together and compare notes this morning to make sure we were going to preach the same thing. Uh, But the the story that, that he relayed about David and Goliath, uh, I, I just love this story, and I, I think you do as well. David is there. He's that young shepherd boy, and, and, and there's Goliath. He's a monster. He's, what would you say, Brother Josh? He was Arnold Schwarzenegger before there was an Arnold Schwarzenegger. He, what'd you, he's a, his muscles had muscles. His bad breath had bad breath. You know, he was, he was something. But uh, There he was, and, and he stood there in the Valley of Elah and said, Send me a man that I might fight with him. Send me a man. And there was the whole army of Israel that were cowered uh, on the hillside watching this man taunt and curse the Lord God of Israel. And David, he comes to, uh, we'll skip all the stuff that Josh preached in setting that up, but here's this young boy who says, is there not a cause? I'm not going to let this enemy here trash talk my God. And so he goes down to the brook and he gets his five smooth stones. I asked the young preachers the other day, why did he get five smooth stones? And nobody had a good answer. I don't have a really good answer either. I I heard somebody say, maybe it's J-E-S-U-S. Maybe he had five smooth stones. I think he had five smooth stones because he was convinced if I miss the first time, I'm not going to stop fighting. But it says that giant looked at David. He said, I'm going to feed you to the fowls of the air. I'm going to feed you to the beasts of the earth. But David retorted, and David said this. I'm going to read it to you out of the NIV. David said, this day the Lord, somebody said the Lord. The Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down, 
and cut off your head. This very day, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. What was David saying? He was saying, I'm not just going to defeat you and get by. I'm not just going to knock you down and go on about life and wait for you to come back and meet me the next time. I'm going to knock you down. I'm going to take you out. And all you other guys, I'm coming after you next. And he got those stones and it says he ran to the battle. His intention was not just to survive. His intention was to conquer. I wish the church of the living God and everybody, every individual in this place would get the, the mindset that says, I'm not just going to make it through. I am going to conquer. Through the blood. Can I get down to where we're living? I wish we'd have this attitude. My depression is not going to get up and fight me again. My anxiety is not going to get up and fight me again. My addiction is not going to get up and fight me again. My sin is not going to get up and fight me again. My guilt is not going to get up and fight me again. My shame is not going to get up and fight me again because I have victory through the blood we are more than conquerors through him that loved us somebody shout amen Amen. it's through the blood it's not by willpower it's not by our own design it's not by our own wisdom it's not through excuse me it's not through a 12 step program that might help you but it's only by the blood are we overcomers only by the blood The Apostle Paul, he writes in Colossians chapter 2. He says, all the fullness of the Godhead, talking about Jesus, all the fullness of the Godhead dwelled in Him bodily, and you're complete in Him. Says that you, talking about the church, he says that you're circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, and that you're buried with Him in baptism. You're also risen with Him through the operation, through, through the faith of the operation of God. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, He's made alive together with Him, having forgiven you all trespasses and blotting out the handwriting of the ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us. And He took it and nailed it to His cross. All the accusations, we already talked about, He's the accuser of the brethren. Every accusation was nailed to the cross. Every slanderous word against you was nailed to the cross. Every true report about what you and I have done that we shouldn't have done, it was nailed to the cross. And then it was blotted out with the blood. I heard somebody say this week, it wasn't crossed out. It wasn't strike through. It was blotted out. It was covered by the blood. Whatever... <laughs> we, I don't know if we ever sing this song, Brother Anderson, but I do. <laughs> Thank God I'm not. Not what? Not what I used to be. There's some blood that has erased the record of what I used to be. This is fun. I'm ready to climb up on a chair. Those ordinances, those accusations, your true history 
He was nailed to a cross. And all that needs to be done is a little bit of blood applied. A little bit of blood applied. It's going to cover it. And then it says this. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Let me, let me give that to you in a, a little different translation. The Passion Translation makes it a little clearer. It says, after the blood was applied, after the blood was shed, then Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. They were His. Forgive me for not knowing what, what period of time this illustration took place in, but it was customary if a king would go and conquer another land that he would take the king and the rulers and the nobles, the, the military might, the generals, and he would, he would make a procession. He'd have a victory parade, and he would march the losing side through his city. He would make an open show of them. Everybody would come out for the parade. You know, it's bigger than when they win the World Series. They'd come out for the parade and they would, they would get to see the, the defeated king, the defeated general, the defeated nobles, the defeat, whoever the leaders were in that kingdom. The, the winning people would get to look on and see all those that were defeated. And the apostle says that when Jesus was crucified, He took hell and death captive. He took principalities and powers captive and He brought them on a procession. It was an open show of them being defeated. He put them on display. So let me, let me just get down here for a moment and say that on display was your sin and mine. On display was your fear and mine. On display is your anxiety and mine, your bitterness and mine, your prison of whatever whatever prison you've been in in your mind. It's on display. Your guilt, your shame. We've got to claim the blood. Romans 16 and 20, and the grace, or I'm sorry, and the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The God of of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The God of peace shall bruise Satan under whose feet? Oh, look at somebody, elbow him or something. Tell him your feet. Under your... Under your feet. You are personally going to be victorious because of the power of the blood I believe in it I do it I plead the blood over my family I plead the blood over this church I plead the blood I think for a moment we need to can we rephrase that for a moment and say I claim the blood I claim the victory that's already been won I claim the blood 
And when I claim the blood, the God of peace shall bruise Satan. Let me tell you what that word bruise means. Brother Dwight, you'll appreciate this. The word bruise, it doesn't mean, you know, when you get one of them black circles on your arm because somebody slugged you. It is to crush completely, to shatter, to break in pieces, broken into shivers. And the God of peace shall crush completely Satan under your feet. And the God of peace shall break in pieces Satan under... The God of peace shall shatter Satan under your feet shortly. Not because of us, but because of the blood. Hmm. The blood makes us more than victors. It makes us victorious over the last and the strongest enemy, which is death. First Corinthians says, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because He lives. Hmm. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. So that we can have, somebody shout it, total victory. Total victory. God's people are enslaved in Egypt. They've been there for 400 years. Just wave at me if you've watched the movie The Ten Commandments. Every time I teach Search for Truth, I, I tell them, hey, we, you need to watch the Ten Commandments. I don't agree with everything in it, but it's pretty good. I just think it's funny, Sister Ella, that they all talk in King James Version. <laughs> I don't want to get bogged down here, but I can't figure out why they're speaking English. They're in Egypt. Anyway. God's people are in Egypt, and they've been enslaved there for somewhere around 400 years. So God sends a deliverer named Moses. Moses, go down there and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And nine times plagues come to Pharaoh and the country of Egypt. Nine times God pours out judgment. Nine times God says, let my people go. Turns the Nile River to blood. Pharaoh says, I ain't doing it. The land's covered with frogs. I didn't make that up. It's in the Bible. <laughs> Pharaoh says, I ain't going to do it. The land is covered with, with lice or flies. And, uh, and Pharaoh says, nah, don't bother me. I got mosquito netting. The land is, uh, there's darkness covers the land for three days. Nah, I think I'll just hold on to God's people, Pharaoh says. The cattle of the field die. Hail falls. All kinds. Nine times God releases judgment and plagues on Egypt. And still, Pharaoh will not let God's people go. And then God speaks to Moses and He says, I have yet one more plague that I will release on, on Egypt. I'm going to release my wrath one more time on Egypt. Is the death, death is the last plague. Death is going to come to Egypt. But he said, there is a remedy. There is a protection from death. 
says, I want you to take a lamb and I want you to slay that lamb. I want you to take the blood of that lamb and strike both sides of your door and over top of your door. And he says, and the blood shall be unto you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Mm. And there were many lambs slain that night and, and many doorposts that the blood was stricken on those doorposts. And then the plague of death came across Egypt. And everyone that had the blood applied, death passed over. Some people refer to it as the death angel. The death angel passed over those homes that had the blood applied. And in every other home, the firstborn, death came. Death was the last plague. But I want to show you what the blood did for the people that had applied it. The first thing the blood did was the blood separated them from death. Man, I, I get excited about this. Hold on just a second. Because it didn't matter how nice their house was. It didn't matter where the house was located. It didn't matter how many people were in the house. It didn't matter how much money they had in the bank account. He said, when I see the blood. It doesn't matter who your parents are. Death doesn't look at your genealogy. It doesn't matter if you're a good person. Death doesn't look at your past. It doesn't matter how many good deeds you've done because death doesn't look at your community service record. It doesn't matter how much money you've given to charity because death doesn't look at your checkbook. What does matter is has the blood been applied. And if the blood has been applied, he says, I'm going to pass over you. Number one, somebody say, death passes over. Number two, whenever Pharaoh surveyed the scene, he said, I want you guys out of here. The second thing the blood did was it set them free. So the blood of the lamb can protect you from death, but the blood of the lamb is also going to set you free. And the last thing is, as they journeyed out through the wilderness, you know, the devil don't give up easy. He's going to come back. And so there they are. They're set free. They're on their way to the promised land. And Pharaoh gets to scratching his head a little bit and he says, man, all my labor force just left. I got cities to build. I got stuff to do. Go back, round them back up. And so all the army goes out. They're following him and they get pinned in there between a rock and a hard place. That's literally what the words mean in the scripture. They are pinned in there. And they're, the, the people of God, they're panicking. We're going to be destroyed. Pharaoh's going to get us. He's come back for us. And Moses said to the people, Fear not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. Yeah. 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 
I got a word for somebody right now, and I'm not going to point you out, but I have a word for somebody right now. You can be free today and forever. You can be free today and forever. You can be free today, and not because of this church, not because of this preacher, but because of the blood. And God said, tell the people to go forward, and the Lord shall fight for you. And they walked in to that Red Sea. The Red Sea was opened up. They marched through there. And the Red Sea came back in and wiped out Pharaoh's army. The blood will set you free. The blood will protect you from death. And the blood will wash away your past from coming to get you again. I'm talking about the power of the blood. They didn't just escape. They had total victory. Will you stand to your feet this morning? I feel the presence of God here so strongly. They're going to begin to play something. Why don't we close our eyes for a moment as they begin to play. Hallelujah. Hey, bro, you can play that second song if you want to. It'll work. In the name of Jesus. In the name. Will you lift your hands right now? If you feel it, I want you to say, I claim the blood. I've got, I've got past that's been nagging me. I've got issues I've been dealing with. I'm talking to everybody in this building. I've got issues I've been dealing with. I'm claiming the blood today. I am claiming total victory today. That enemy has nothing for us. Let the Lord fight your battles.